Sometimes we need a little inspiration, and Real Things Living podcast does just that. Real Things Living has a focus on resilience and connection with others. Those connections lead to ideas, to solutions, and to better overall health. This podcast is brought to you by Gemini Media. Gemini Media delivers the best solutions for business communications through collaborative relationships. Hey y'all, it's Bridget Cutchall. Thank you for listening to Real Things Living. Today is my guest is Michael Rucker, and I met Michael through a mastermind group through Tim Grawl. Michael, can you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Michael Rucker. Uh, I guess highlights of who I am. I'm the Vice President of Technology for a company called Active Wellness. We put health clubs in different installations around the United States. Um, I have a doctor of philosophy degree in organizational psychology, and my work there was looking at how small and mid-sized businesses um, can improve workplace wellness. And then also, as you mentioned, our connection is we're both authors, and I'm currently working on a book about the power of fun. I like that idea. We need to have more fun in our day and our life. I, when we first met a couple, whatever, it was in January, I believe, you had mentioned that to me that you used to do triathlons and you no longer can participate in that. Can you explain what happened? Or you had to have an issue with your hip? Yeah, so um, it kind of ties into everything, actually, um, which, I, what's the opposite of serendipitous? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, I think, you know, I forgot if I disclosed to you that around the time um, that I found out I needed to get a hip replacement also when I lost my little brother. So, oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, he had a pulmonary embolism. Oh. And uh, so I've always been a runner, even though I guess people um, can't see me, but uh, so I'm a big man. I'm uh, not obese, but um, I'm Tall. always... Yeah, tall. And um, so in the runner's world, they call me a a Clydesdale athlete, which means (laughs) over 200 pounds. Wow. Um, But uh, so I guess an important factoid of my history is I I come from a small town called Davis, California, near Sacramento. And why that's important is one of the first Ironman athletes, um, uh, Harold, is a local celebrity in Davis. His name is Dave Scott. Um, and he's still very much a celebrity within the Ironman world. And so um, I had always inspired to, uh, you know, do something like that. And, um, and as such, kind of training, running had been a stress relief for me. And um, so long story short, uh, I found out around the time of my brother's passing while I was running a lot that I'd also had advanced osteoarthritis. And apparently, you know, even though uh, I guess this is sort of good news for everyone else, is that it's a very small subset of folks that are runners that find this out. But especially for folks that are bigger, like myself, if you have a genetic predisposition um, it, it just wallops you. Like, you know, one week I was running, averaging 15, 20 miles per week, which is actually not a lot for someone that does long distance triathlons. 
um, only to find out that um, uh, in short order, I likely wouldn't uh, ever run again or shouldn't run again. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, I was running kind of as stress relief from my brother's passing and it just started to hurt more and more. Um, hip specifically yeah correct um and i went you know it's a tough period already uh you know i wasn't necessarily thinking straight um and uh so i just didn't want to believe the diagnosis and uh you know i look i even though i have a background in psychology completely suffered from uh confirmation bias and basically forced my healthcare provider to give me the diagnosis of a, a labrum tear, because if you can fix a labrum tear, um, you have the potential of being able to run again. Right. Um, and I told that that was slim to none, uh, that prognosis, but that the MRI showed, uh, you know, slim chance that that could be the case. And so I went through a whole year process. Uh, I won't name the healthcare provider, but it, it's, uh, you know, it operates like an ACO meaning that, um, uh, you know, it takes a long time for you to get services through them. And uh, after a year of begging and pleading, they finally were uh, queued me up for a labral reconstruction. Um, and after the surgery, I remember my wife was with me in post-op and the surgeon went back here, you know, came back to me and said, we should have never done this. When I opened you up, you know, your entire, um, uh, femoral capsule looks like shag carpet. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, so it was really, that was interesting in its own right, but then also this particular organization because of the way they operate and they're trying to keep healthcare costs down for everyone, um, wouldn't do a hip replacement uh, until you're 50 years of age or older. Um, and so that in itself was just really interesting because you know, they basically wanted me on a cane and, oh, and um, suffering. And yeah, and there's a good reason for that. Um, so, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, going into this interview, I didn't know exactly where it would lead us because there's several different areas to explore. That one in particular is interesting, especially because I do believe you know, I was a believer in the Affordable Care Act, and I certainly believe everyone should have the right to um, healthcare. And I understand that money and resources are scarce. And so, you know, a lot of that, you know, for the greater good, sometimes we need to make sacrifices. And I advocated for that up until I became an N of one and started having to advocate for myself. Right. And I didn't, you know, so it, that was an interesting journey because. I had two small children and I didn't want them to experience their father as someone that hobbled along for four years, not to mention those are pretty formidable years. You know, I have the power um, to some degree of hindsight and I'm absolutely glad that I started advocating for myself. And uh, what ended up happening is, uh, you know, my wife got a job with a different employer. Uh, we were able to get much better health care insurance and, um, you know, was able to doctor shop to some degree. But the interesting anecdote there is all the while I still felt a bit, a bit guilty because things that I had advocated for and things that I believed in, um, I sort of gained more empathy for the other side that, um, uh, 
you know, and to some degree felt guilty that I did have the means to get the kind of healthcare that I wanted. Um, and so I think, you know, every, you know that part of my story is that I did a year later get, you know, get the hip replacement. Correct, right. Um, and, you know, obviously didn't wait around till I was 50 to get it. <laughs> right, that, that is an amazing story. And I, my, my thing too with the cancer diagnosis I've had a couple of times and the brain tumor, I'm really lucky that we had good health insurance because that kind of stuff can put you in serious debt. And that's something those of us that have insurance take for granted. And it's something that I'm so glad you're doing that. I, I'm all about advocating. We got to advocate for ourselves because who knows if I hadn't done my research, what they would have recommended to me. But I'm one of those who asks questions a lot. And it sounds like you do too, which is important. So with your hip replacement, has your doctor or the, your follow-ups, do they recommend you do like swimming? Or I know, does, I'm sure biking is affected, right? No, biking's okay. So oh, that's it, good. Okay. Yeah. I think the best analogy that I got was that I now have car parts in my body. And so <laughs> um, they have a shelf life and um, they call it a revision when they have to go in, right? Okay. So the socket and... Um, the femoral head are titanium. So those aren't going to wear out. Um, but there is a polyurethane um, fake labrum now, right? And that's oh, what I gotcha. And so anything that creates impact is what shortens the shelf life of it. That's why no so the car part analogy is, you yeah. know, like brake pads or something of that nature, right? The more you do to wear out that part. Gotcha. And um, so it's up to me. The prognosis for a heavy set 40 year old is pretty grim when it um, in regards to staving off a revision. And again, that's why the original health care provider won't do it because they're trying to keep people out of the operating room. I mean, right. I'm sure you know this a lot more intimately than I, but one of the reasons I did feel guilty is when I got the bill, it was $110,000. Wow. You know? And so I can understand that wasn't out of my pocket, right? That was total expense. And again, thank goodness for good health care, but, um, or health insurance rather. The thing is, I can understand why the first organization, you know, that's a big hit, right? That takes a lot of money out of the pool that can help. You know, right, right. People with, and um, so I've been trying to be prudent. At the same time, the reason I got it early was to rough house with my kids, so. Right, to support it, right. Yeah. That experience yeah. having with their dad. Exactly. It is, that is, a, I, I totally agree with your decision. And so do they know, is it, you said it's just one hip, right? It's not, is it right. okay. Do they know, I guess, how long that would last on average, 10 years or I didn't know. Um, so I've been given uh, 15 years to oh, life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. So at the very, so people that, you can still run. There's, I, you know, again, did an, an immense amount of due diligence and um, I'm sure I can only imagine with cancer, but with, um, uh, with hip replacements, you know, there's forum after forum. Um, and right. the problem there is how to disseminate information, right? Cause right. Uh, you're getting it from unqualified sources um, a lot of the time. And so, there were certainly people that still ran and then ultimately I had to make the decision. Am I a runner or am I a father? Right. Um, 
and uh, I was both at the time. So there was a mourning period. I don't want to candy coat this. I don't know who's going to end up listening to this, but I mean, it was certainly a process. And um, well, then your brother, and, right? You're still dealing with that, right? Yeah, and it was the primary way for stress relief right, for me. Right. Um, and it was dark. I mean, it was a dark year um, because I did give up running um, mainly because I wanted to be prudent and. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I just don't want to candy coat that part. There's a process to all of this. I know, you know it too. Right. Um, and I don't want to go, I want to say, you know, go on record and, uh, and especially, you know, what's the genesis of this book that you can replace old habits with new habits. And right. you know, part of um, the spirit of the book is, you know, I found new avenues for fun. Um, That's but, good. Yeah. Um, but you know, whenever you found joy in something and it leaves your life, um, there's a process, you know, right. Right. To get out of that. And I, I ran because I'm so far so good. I'm, I'm okay with my, my joints, but I'm in my, I'll be 54 this year. Oh my God. But I ran because I, I needed that. Like you, I had that mental, I had to do it. And that's all I focused on. I got to run, but I had to be careful because I had that brain tumor and I, um, I don't want to fall. So I have to be careful in the environment that I'm in. And that's why I asked you about the swimming. My doctor said, swim more, swim more, swim more. So, and so I've joined the local Y again. And oh, that's amazing. Right. I, but I have it. So I signed up for an adult swim class. I know how to swim, but I just want to make sure, you know, I'm doing it correctly. And I think I understand why they're, they're saying it because they're afraid I'm going to fall hurt myself because I get, you know, people can't see me, but I get pulled to the side sometimes. My brain is, but I, like you, you have to have fun enjoying something else. Maybe I'll love swimming. You know, I don't know. So on your book, um, when do you think, how much longer do you think it'll take for it to be released? I don't know. I know you said you're looking for an agent or. Yeah. Um, I, things are looking pretty good. So I, the launch um, should be sometime summer of 2020. I, I look forward to reading that because I know I know you have a really good perspective and I like I the idea that. that you're involved with healthcare. I mean, well, uh, was it corporate wellness basically, right? That's what it is. I, I love that aspect. I think that's so important to get people involved with their, just be active in general. And it doesn't have to be like you said, you can't run anymore, but you're finding something else to run, not, not to run, but to replace your running. No, I certainly think, um, you know, we are owned by a hospital group, uh, Providence St. Joseph's. Okay. And, um, yeah, the, you know, continuum of care starts with us, right? And so right. Um, I certainly think prescriptive exercise is a bit folly because we need intrinsic motivation to, you know, partake in anything, right? right. And I meant one thing I like to do is be a realist, especially since I approach life empirically. And we know that, you know, if we get someone into a step challenge, you know, it looks great on a press release, but ultimately if people, you know, if that's not the way they want to consume um, well-being, uh, you know, initiatives, interventions, whatever, you know, whatever term you want to put on it, then uh, they're going to a trip out of whatever that intervention is. And so right. not to get too geeky with this conversation, but <laughs> that's okay. 
No, I think one of the things that we can do um, is, you know, inspire people to find their joy and fun and whatever activity that is. And so right. um, I uh, celebrate you for, you know, at least taking the initiative. You know, swimming's not your thing just because your doctor says to do it. Right. So I want to try um, it. <laughs> Yeah, find something else, you know, gardening is just, you know, there's so many activities right. that raise our heart rate. And now what we're finding too is that, um, you know, the World Health Organization, I think is pretty grounded. You know, we really should elevate our heart rate more than 150 minutes, or so, excuse me, at the baseline of 150 minutes per week. But we're also learning that, um, you know, this idea of robust activity um, probably comes in second to, you know, weight bearing exercises and just, um, so we still have a lot to learn, but I think ultimately you need to find what brings you fun, what brings you joy right. so that you stick with it. Um, or it's just a, you it's know, not, right. It doesn't provide value to you otherwise. Correct. Word. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. And as we get older, we need to bundle things, right? Like I want to, <laughs> <laughs> like some medicinal value, but I also want to have fun. Like I don't need any more drudgery in my life. <laughs> exactly. I, how you're spending your, your, not your time, but where you're putting your energy. I think you re recommended that book. What was it? Um, yeah. Tony Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought it and I've been reading it on occasion and it's like, wow. Yeah. I knew this, but you just got to be reminded sometimes. And it's really, especially like my age and your age, it's where are you going to put your energy now? What you got left here? while you're on this planet, right? <laughs> and I, I just want to make an impact. And I think what you're doing good with, I really like the corporate wellness aspect, even though it said, you said it's part of a medical group, right? Uh, yeah. Only that, sorry, I didn't. Um, that I understood you. Yeah, that we're associated with them. But I got you. Yeah, yeah. So are they giving out, like I'm asking a, an oddball question, are they giving out like tracking? Yeah, I mean, I like a we do thing. that. So primarily, we try uh, what we do um, is we try and match the company culture of the installation that we go into. So um, even though, again, this hospital is our investors, we have a whole host of corporate partners, um, and so we'll go into whatever the culture is of that particular environment, and then see what they want us to do. Um, right. That's good. I think that's a better approach to take rather than this is it. All right. You're going to make it, make it work. If you make it fit to their culture, like you said, I think that's a really good idea. Well, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of um, critical, uh, what's the right way to say it? You know, people are looking at our industry critically as they should because the efficacy you know, is on par with about the same percentage of people that are interested in consuming, you know, some sort of fitness activity uh -huh. to support their well-being. So my hope is that we meet people where they are. Um, right. And I think that's where the magic happens. That's cool. So um, to get back, you said your PhD, when did you get that? I, or what made you, prompted you to go do that, go back to school? So uh, that's a great question. <laughs> Uh, it's because both my parents are uh, professors at UC Davis. So gotcha. yeah, it was sort of too, pressure. No, yeah, no, they were, <laughs> no kidding. I don't know that they necessarily, uh, they actually were wondering why I did it so late in life. But, gotcha. um, the, uh, yeah, it was to, to some degree to say I could, especially once my research got published. Um, That's cool. I felt like that was validation 
Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question with some authenticity, um, you know, that was the, that was the core. So where can your research uh, that you published, where can that be found? I'm just curious. Yeah, I believe if you Google Rucker Workplace Wellness SME, because um, even though in most business trade they call, um, you know, it's small and mid-sized business. So if you're like searching, you know, entrepreneur.com, you'll see SMB referred to small and, uh, you know, small to mid-sized business. In academia, I think because it's more of a global market, they call it SME, SME which is, okay. yeah. Um, but I, so either one, Rucker Workplace Wellness, SMB or SME will pull it up. Okay. Well, I think this is awesome, and I, I appreciate the time you're, you took to talk to me today and risking your life. I'm just kidding with my new podcast. <laughs> I really appreciate it, and a lot of people like hearing these conversations, and I'm so glad you shared your, your hip story. And everybody, look forward to uh, next time. Thank you. I appreciate your time, and I thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast or leave a comment. Now go have a great day.